Hello, everyone, and welcome to Season 4, Episode 25 of Nebraska Soccer Talk, presented to you by Fleet Feet. I am your host, Joe Cleary. On today's episode, we don't have any interviews, so it will be a little bit shorter. To make up for that, I'm going to give a lengthy rundown of recruiting from the last couple of months, a check-in with Union Omaha, a check-in with UWS teams in town, and I will also unveil our final season rankings for Class A girls soccer, compare them to our preseason rankings, and also provide you with a short season review. This is the last episode of Season 4, and I apologize it took a little bit longer to put together. I was waiting to hear back on some interview requests, and I was on vacation this last week. Uh, At the end, I will let you know what the plan is for the college season and club season. As a reminder, if you enjoy this podcast or any of the content we produce, we ask that you consider supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk so that we are able to continue bringing you this content and more. There are three ways to do this. Share, Share our content, join our supporters club, recommend us to local businesses and organizations the first step is the most important the coolest thing that we've been able to accomplish with nebraska soccer talk is the bringing together and providing information to our soccer community as a whole if we continue to do that that's a win follow us on our social media channels we are active on twitter instagram and now tiktok and we are hoping to be more active on our website moving forward in the future the second step is important if it is possible for you join our supporters club if you are already a member of the Supporters Club, encourage at least one other person to join as well. I appreciate all of our supporters immensely, especially the coaches and parents who have encouraged others to support our platform. Third and final, the more money we are able to bring in, the more content we are able to provide. This could include video, photography, graphic design, and more. Sponsorships by local businesses and organizations help with that. Before we get started, I want to, I want to once again thank our sponsor, Fleet Feet. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Owner Lori Bohr is very involved in the communities of Omaha and Lincoln. Visit their locations in either city, and a third location is now open in Omaha in the Exarban Village. You can also visit their website at www.fleetfeet.com s Lincoln for more information and to shop online. Let's start this episode. Time to take a look back at the Class A girls season. For the preseason girls rankings, they looked like this. Number one, Gretna. Two, Lincoln East. Three, Lincoln Southwest. Four, Marion. Five, Papillion La Vista South. Six, Millard West. Seven, Millard North. Eight, Kearney. Nine, Elkhorn South. Ten, Lincoln Southeast with watchlist teams to begin the season of North Platte, Papillion, Pius, and Columbus. At the end of the season, our rankings looked similar, but not quite exact. Um, And they were number one, Gretna, number two, Lincoln Southeast, number three, Marion, number four, Lincoln Southwest, number five, Westside, number six, Lincoln East, number seven, Lincoln Pius, number eight, Elkhorn South, number nine, Millard West, number 10, Columbus with honorable mentions going to Papillion La Vista South, North Platte, and Papillion. Just like in Class A boys, the Gretna Dragons finished the season as champions. Uh, Scott did the double, Gretna did the double. The Dragons finished a dominant 21-0 with a goal differential of plus 112. They had 24 different players who ended up scoring a varsity goal this season. The Dragons didn't just go unbeaten against lower-level teams either. Their undefeated season included wins over Class B champion Scott, 
state tournament teams, West Side and Elkhorn South, Lincoln Southwest and Lincoln Southeast. They beat Millard West. Um, obviously, state tournament team Marion they beat. Papillion La Vista South um, and Papillion as well uh, took losses to Gretna. So an absolutely dominating display by the team. And you could really take your pick of the quality players in their program, not just their varsity team. Uh, the Dragons will already be dreaming of a three-peat next year while they do lose some some players like uh, the eldest, Daphini, Chaley French, uh, Enza Blugel. They do return a lot of key pieces like Gatorade Player of the Year, Allison Marshall, Ava Makavica. The two younger Daphini sisters, Madeline White, will be coming back from injury. So still pretty loaded roster. They also have some talent in their reserve teams and some team players that were coming off the bench like uh, LaRock uh, that will be expected to step up and fill those gaps, and they will do that. So I think that they're going to be favorites to win the state title again next year. In at number two are the Lincoln Southeast Knights. Just a great season for the Knights as a whole. I've said it once, said again. They were Lincoln City champs, hack champs, district champs, and state runners-up. thought Coach Kramer and her staff did a great job with their squad. Um, they're a really fun team to watch just because they worked really hard. Um, and they have some good players, but this, they were definitely greater, um, you know, when they played as a whole. Um, and th- there were some talented parts within that hole, though. Obviously, Smaya Hogg was the best goalkeeper in the state, and she really, really shined at the state tournament. Corinne Olson and Taya Ryan were great contributors in the attack. Kylie Kurtzer, I thought, had a great state tournament in defense, probably a great year overall. And Rachel Warwick, the Drake commit, was a bulldog in the midfield. That's definitely, that was a pun. But uh, these are the stories and teams that you love to see and follow. The Knights uh, do lose a lot after this season, um, but we're not going to count them out too quickly, and I hope other people don't either because it'll be interesting to see what they come back with. So in at number three are Marion. The Crusaders had a very talented team, probably the second most talented team in the state behind Gretna. Western Illinois commit Olivia Heinert, Husker commit Emma Prosowski, Xavier commit Mallory Keneally. Um all of those players were denied often in the semifinal match by the Lincoln Southeast defense and their goalkeeper. I did think Denver commit Hannah Tate was excellent this season. Every time I got to see her play, I thought she played well. Um, New Mexico commit Aviana Gonzalez was solid in the back. I thought a couple surprise players. Um, I thought Marion had a couple surprise players, but the one that stood out to me, who I wasn't expecting to as much, was Izzy Snowden. I thought she played really good this year. And even though she was overshadowed and maybe ta- not talked about by uh, because of some of her older, like very talented teammates. Um, she had a really good season. It was really important to Marion, I thought. Uh, Marion graduates a lot in Prososki, uh, Tate, Heinert, defender Maddie Nelson, and goalkeeper Bella Washington. Um, but the Crusaders do return a significant chunk of their supporting cast, highlighted by Keneally. Their top-end talent might uh, not be as heavy, as last this last season, but history suggests that Marion will still be around the top next season. In at number four are Lincoln Southwest. The Silverhawks did well to reach the semifinals before meeting the buzzsaw that was Gretna, so they kind of got over that hump after losing in the quarterfinals last year. They finished the season with only three losses, all three being to the three teams ranked ahead of them at the end of the year in our rankings. So the Silverhawks were physically and defensively dominant again this season. They only allowed eight total goals and ended 12 of their 17 games with a shutout. Unfortunately, we have seen the last of Kayla Hostler, McKenna Rathbun, and Olivia Tollefson in the Silverhawks uniforms. Dents their squad up and down the spine, but the Silverhawks do return a lot of their depth, athleticism, and goal scoring. Um, it'll be interesting to see. They have some multi-sport athletes, so it'll be interesting to see if those athletes continue to play soccer and they don't just 
go and focusing on one sport or, um, you know, do anything like that to avoid injury. But I do expect Lincoln Southwest uh, to be in a similar position next year. And they're obviously going to be looking to break through and be the and be the Lincoln team in the final next season. Finishing in the fifth spot is Westside. I think this is maybe surprising for some, maybe controversial according to some, but Westside gave Lincoln Southeast an incredibly tough game in the first round of the state tournament. And they played the most amount of games against state tournament teams in the regular season. Uh, that's a pretty good indicator of strength of schedule. Uh, they had one of the toughest schedules and the Warriors still gave a really good account of themselves and had Lincoln Southeast not made the run that they had. You probably could have awarded Chris Dunford, the coach of the year. Um, I thought Westside did the most without the, you know, the big names. A lot of these other schools that were ranked ahead of them and even some of the schools ranked behind them have bigger names than what Westside has, but, um, they did well. And good news to the Warriors is they return a lot. They were young this season. They return a lot of their goal scoring, a lot of their attack. A lot of their in players, uh, impact players in the attack and midfield. They return the spine of their defense as well as talented goalkeeper Delaney Dobman, who I think is also one of the best goalkeepers in the state. So the Warriors are going to be aiming for more next season. You know, maybe a semifinal berth, maybe even a final berth. We'll see. So finishing in the sixth spot is Lincoln East. The Spartans were a good team, but not quite as good as they were last year. Annie Mulder, rightfully so, was uh, got recognition because she was quality again. Um, it seems like she's just been around forever and will still does one more year, I think, with high, in high school. So uh, obviously came a Carpenter, proved her goal-scoring talent once again this season. Carpenter, who is committed to the Cornhuskers, has averaged better than a goal and a half a game the last two years, which is incredible. And at, at Class A, that is really, really good. Um, the Spartans had a solid roster, but the loss of, loss of Ashley Brad Howard early in the year definitely hurt them defensively. I don't know what Carpenter's plans are. Um, as far as joining the Huskers early, I know some some of uh, some Nebraska players, base players, have done that. Um, I have not heard either way, but if she does, that'd be a big blow to Lincoln East, um, because when Kama wasn't scoring goals, or if she didn't have a really great game, maybe only scored one goal a game versus more, um, the games were for Lincoln East were a lot closer um, maybe than they were last year. So finishing in the seventh spot is Lincoln Pius, um, an underrated story. I thought they had a great year. I had them as a team to watch, knowing they had a solid squad that include the Vasek sisters and Brie Corta. Pius finished 11-5. and five. And looking at their record, the bounce here, a bounce there, maybe a little bit of some more luck. You're looking at a Pius team that could have been 13-3 and three or 14-2. and two. They had two classic matches against Marion, one, unfortunately, that ended their season. Um, the Class A and B boys garnered a lot of the headlines when it came to the drama during the state tournament. Um, but if you miss the Pius-Marion game in the first round, I feel bad for you. Eight goals between the two teams. Several lead changes. Atmosphere was great. Um, it would have been interesting to see what would have happened had Pius got to face anyone else other than the Crusaders in the first round because they are a tough matchup with some of the pieces that they had in their team. In the eighth spot, the Elkhorn South Storm. The Storm appear in the first Class A state tournament after starting their program in the Class B ranks and being very good in Class B. I know it seems like a long time ago, but the Storm had an excellent start to the season. They were in the top five in our rankings, I believe. Um, they started off the season 8-0. Uh, they lost before losing to Westside in the Metro Tournament. That was the first of three losses, maybe, to the, to the Warriors. Maybe it was two. I can't remember. I know they played each other three times. Um, I know that the Storm were hit with injury problems. And this could, season could be maybe a little bit of a one-if season for them. But I was really impressed with them. Because even through all the ups and downs that they experienced, they were able to persevere. And they snagged that eighth spot and got to the state tournament for the first time as a Class A team. That's a big-time credit to their players and their coaching staff. 
and, and then once they were in the state tournament, the Storm didn't just, they weren't here there just to take part. They nearly managed to give us all the shock of the season. Uh, they pushed Gretna to overtime. And that could have been one of, and that could have been one of the biggest upsets in recent history. Um, and it was also during one of the warmest games of the season. Um, the Storm do lose nine seniors, including Delaney Fredericks, Jess, and Jessica Maddow, and Olivia Adams. Addie Gleckler does return for them next year, but I just don't know what their younger players coming up look like. It could be tough for them to repeat what they did this last season. But the Storm, if fully healthy, probably not the eighth seed, probably getting somewhere else versus a first-round knockout. So, But I, overall, good season for them. In at the ninth spot, Millard West, in my opinion, Wildcats were the best non-state tournament team, so this ranking of nine was easy. Um, the Wildcats were a perennial power in the 2010s, um, but have now missed the state tournament for the second year in a row. Probably not happy about that. Um, but there are lots of reasons to be optimistic about this squad going into next year. They were super young last year. They were still young this year. Um, but this year, the, the Wildcats won some big games, right? They 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 won. They beat Marion. They beat Scott. They beat Papio South. Um, and they return almost everyone. I think they only graduate uh, Frankie and Kirchner from this year's team. And as this team grows and maybe gets a couple rising players into the mix, um, I think we're going to see them drop less games uh, than they did this past season. Rhodes, Huttiger, French, Callie Kirchner, Atkinson, Gaglio, Stoneburner, and McClem are all returning for the Wildcats. So you have to think that they're going to be able to build on what happened this season and probably push into that top eight next season. And at the 10th spot is Columbus. Similar to the boys' side, this Columbus team was a tough out and did enough to hang around in the mix for the state tournament and the top 10 position. I don't think you could be too critical of the strength of the schedule of this Columbus side. Six of their 16 games were against Class A and B teams that went to the state tournament. However, in those six games, they went one and five. Um, and their only win was over Columbus SCOTUS, like I think in the first game of the season or second game of the season. Um, still, they were in almost every game. Um, they only lost a total of five games, and it was by a total of seven goals. So they like very nearly could have been had even a better record. Be honest, I'm not super familiar with Columbus as a team because I didn't get to see them play this season, but I do think with their results that they did earn enough to be in the number 10 spot. In the honorable mention teams, I have Papillion La Vista South, Papillion La Vista, and North Platte. Uh, two of the three teams were state tournament teams this last year, but key losses to graduation and injury definitely hurt all these teams. Uh, the Titans finished 10-8. and eight. They lost some firepower from last season through graduation and transfer. They still had a solid team that includes several college players in Madden, Aaron Gartner, Solomon, Lang, Ridout, and Warwick. Unfortunately, I think the Titans got bogged down by injuries and inconsistencies. Um, they'll hit by a be they'll be hit by another round of graduation. This a loss through graduation this year, so it'll be interesting to see what type of team they have returning for next season. The Papillion La Vista Monarch surprised me. New coach. Um, some things happened in the offseason, obviously. Some losses of a couple good players. One of the best players in the state. Um, also graduated early. So unfortunately, they were also out without uh, transfer Lana Sourdike due to injury. Um, they persevered and were one of the top team or one of the teams that gave a lot of the top team scares. I do think they kind of ran out of steam by the end of the year, and that was kind of evident in their result against Westside at the end of the year. And unfortunately, because of that, they were drawn into Gretna's district, which is not going to end well for any team. The Monarchs will be hit again by another round of graduation losses with the departure of Lauren Schmidt to UNO and Amber Arnold to Rogers State. Um, I am unsure of what next year looks like for Papillion La Vista. Finally, there's North Platte. They continue the theme of trying to navigate a successful season after losing different makers the season before. Gracie Hanneborg and Abby Orr are gone. Caitlin Evans and Bradley Hanneborg did step up um, to take care of the goal scoring front, but they didn't have that goalkeeper they had last year. 
there are a lot of Hanneborgs too. I know some are cousins and some are sisters, but it's, it's impossible for me to keep track of, honestly. Uh, the Bulldogs finished with an 11 and five record, but I wouldn't rate their strength of schedule that high. They only played four games against state tournament teams and only one of them, their opener against Lincoln Southeast was remotely close. And that comes with a little bit of asterisk because the Knights were missing uh, some hog and potentially some other players due to um, the suspension, uh, one game suspension due to outside competition rules with uh, ECNL and high school conflicts. Um, again, we brought that up. Not going to talk about that any more than just saying what it is. That said, uh, double digit wins for North Platte is not something to discount too heavily in Class A girls soccer, and the Bulldogs beat everyone that they were supposed to. Outside of the top teams and top players, I think there's some recognition that deserves to be passed around. Jimena Estrada from Omaha South joined Mia Lang and Lauren Schmidt as the only two non-state tournament players to make an all-state team, uh, earned, well earned by those three. The Omaha South Packers girls had a great year, um, experienced a good season. They've started, you know, like a couple years ago, they were a non-factor. And this year, I think they were arguably the best OPS side um, for girls. Carney's Kirsten Garner, Millard North's Emma Cook, and the Garrett Twins and Natalie Schrader from Omaha Central, all examples of future quality players, uh, quality future college players that had good seasons this year uh, for teams that didn't quite make it into our top 10. Looking back, I probably overranked Millard North and Kearney, giving them both a lot of respect from their season before when they both made the state tournament. Obviously, Millard North made that run to the state final, uh, but both were considerably different teams in 2022 compared to 2021. The Mustangs were young, though, and I've said that multiple times, so I expect them to come back up toward the top in the future, I don't feel too bad about missing out on the Millard West ranking as I think the potential is there for them to be a top eight team. Uh, the most surprising story continues to be Lincoln Southeast. I think Westside, we didn't talk enough about this year. Lincoln Pius, we didn't talk enough about this year. Um, we were the only ones that gave Lincoln Southeast a chance and Lincoln Pius, I guess, a chance in the as, as far as a team to watch. Um, we didn't talk, we didn't even rate Westside at the beginning of the year, um, but yeah, all three of those teams gave us good storylines, good good efforts, um, and surprised some people. Uh, obviously, overall, dominant season by Gretna. Um, it's probably going to be go down as one of the deepest teams and programs in, like, if you take a snapshot of this team and do a where are they now five years from now, and I'm talking, or five years from now, six years from now, seven years from now, and I'm talking freshmen in the program to seniors, it's going to be incredibly deep. I don't know if we can say best. You know, I don't know. That's a hard metric to do would take a deeper dive than just me spitballing here on the podcast. Um, Gretna is going to be favorites to win the third uh, straight title next season. Um, but overall, again, uh, a whole host of quality players across the state that made this a great season. I've been putting a recruiting roundup off for a while as to focus on the high school season at hand. But before we head into a little bit of a podcast vacation, I want to make sure we give as many players their due as possible. I have a lot to cover, but a lot of it is exciting news for the state of Nebraska and these players. We're going to start on the girls' side then move over to the boys' side. After the prep commitments, we will give a shout-out to the community college uh, commitments who have moved on to four-year schools. I think I might be doubling up on some of these because I can't remember when the last time I did a recruiting roundup was. And frankly, I don't want to go back and try and find it or listen to it because my brain is just a little bit fried from this past season and trying to remember what I did and the players I saw and the teams I talked about. Um, so this will be all the way back through April. So there may be some repeats. Um, but first up, we're going to start with definitely not a repeat because uh, this just happened. Um, recent Nebraska Soccer Talk guest and Class B Girls Tournament MVP, Lakin Appel, 
Uh, Appel has committed her academic and soccer future to the University of North Texas Mean Green. Appel had an incredible high school season for the Scott Catholic Skyhawks that ended with a state championship. Lakin was our Class B tournament MVP, like I mentioned earlier. She received a number of other big-time awards uh, from the River Cities Conference, Lincoln Journal Star, and Omaha World Herald. Appel plays her club soccer for Sporting Nebraska. University of North Texas is a Division I soccer program that competes in Conference USA, and they finished 8-5-4 last season. Bree Corta from Pius also committed to UNT earlier this spring. Corta plays her club soccer for Gretna Elite Academy and was a key figure on helping the smallest team in Class A, Lincoln Pius, return to the state tournament for the first time since 2015. Speaking of Lincoln Pius players, this is also a, a more recent one. Abby Vasek has committed her academic and soccer future to the University of Nebraska Cornhuskers. A Regent scholar off the field, Vasek has incredible pace, power, and work ethic on the field. According to a Lincoln Journal Star article, the Huskers told her she needed to work on her technical ability to go along with her physical attributes, which she did. Uh, Vasek scored 17 goals this season, so pretty much averaging a goal a game. She helped Pius return to the state tournament, and she was a key figure in the Barnburner first round loss to Marion. That was the most exciting girls game of the tournament. A great achievement and opportunity for Vasek. Uh, she played club uh, soccer, or yeah, so she played club soccer for FC Lincoln, I believe, or Link, uh, or Hawks. I can't remember which club soccer team, but she also played some games for Omaha United. Um, the Huskers finished seven nine and two last season. Uh, Vasek joins Ella Gayat, Emma Prasowski, and Lola Anglum as Nebraska freshman on next fall's roster. Our third and final Pius player we're going to mention is Kennedy Williams. Williams competed as a defender for Pius and 402 DA out of Lincoln. She'll join the Southeast Community College Storm this next fall. Joining Williams at Southeast Community College will be versatile player from Nebraska City, Haroldine Rojas. Going a little north, Central Community College Women's Soccer are welcoming Talia Tenney from the fold from Fremont High School. Tenney also played her club soccer for Midwest Premier Academy. She is a part of the largest signing class in the history of Fremont athletics, according to the Fremont Tribune sports editor, Randy Spear. Tally Schrader from Omaha Central and Gretna Elite Academy is heading to Hamlin University in St. Paul, Minnesota. I'm a little bit familiar with Hamlin because I used to coach in the MIAC. Um, they are a Division three program that competes in the MIAC, which is the Minnesota Intercollegiate Athletic Conference, a very good Division three conference. The Pipers finished 7-8-1 last season and will be helmed by new head coach Michael Prunty. Schrader, a defender, was a Class A honorable mention this past season for the Omaha Central Eagles. The Eagles finished 6-10 and 10 this past spring. Staying with the Central Eagles, we have to mention the double commitment of Amaya and Gabrielle Garrett to the North Dakota State Bison. I know it's Bison. It's just in North Dakota. I'm from there. We say Bison. Uh, the Garrett Twins also play their club soccer for Sporting Nebraska. The 2023 graduates are a big part of the Central Eagles. And we'll have one more spring to play in front of their friends and family before heading north to Fargo. North Dakota State finished 3-12-1 last season with all three wins coming in Summit League Conference play. Speaking of Summit League, big recruiting news that combines Summit League in Omaha and high school. Kiera Chaffee from Blair High School and Gretna Elite Academy is staying home-ish, right? Blair is not Omaha. We all understand that. To continue her soccer and academic career at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. This is another huge local addition for the Mavericks. Uh, Chaffee has had an up and down last year on the field. Last spring, she tore ACL competing for Blair High. Um, if you are a player or a parent or a coach of a player who has gone through 
the ACL injury surgery and recovery, you know how taxing that can be mentally and physically. And obviously it also occurred during a pretty important time in her recruiting. So um, Kira and her family decided to take a pass on high school this year and instead competed and trained with Sting Soccer Club down in Dallas. Um, I got to see Kira on the field recently. Um, it was really cool to see her back playing full um, again. Um, so again, like a big get for the Mavericks. Um, I think even coming off the injury, um, Kira is going to have a significant, um, she had significant interest from outside of Omaha. So for Omaha to keep her here, um, and for her to decide to go to the Mavericks, um, I think it's just a win-win all around. Uh, moving over to the boys side, Ernesto Vargas from Lexington high school has committed to Hastings college in Hastings, Nebraska. Vargas was a key piece of the Minutemen's last two seasons, and he's going to join the NAI program next fall. Vargas was an all state player and our central conference tournament MVP He's a pretty sought-after recruit in Nebraska, from my understanding, at least what I was hearing. So Hastings landing him is a pretty good get for the Broncos. I know there's going to be some teams that are upset that he's not coming to them. Uh, Vargas can play in a couple different positions, so it'll be interesting to see where he is utilized at that next level. Ernesto also played his club soccer in the ECNL for Gretna Elite Academy. Uh, Hastings finished 12-5-2 and, and lost in the first round of the NAI National Tournament last fall. Jason Escamilla from Scott's Bluff signed with Western Nebraska Community College. Escamilla was a senior this past year with the Scottsbluff Bearcats as he helped the team from out west return to the state tournament. Escamilla scored six goals and tied one assist this past spring. WNCC is located in Scottsbluff, Nebraska. They finished 8-6-2 this last season, falling in the Region 9 semifinal. We're going to move over to the prep, or from prep to uh, the two-year to four-year commitments. Um, and a lot of news out of Southeast Community College. They do a good job of keeping us updated. Uh, I'm going to try and get all these names right. Bryson Hammerski has committed to uh, continuing his soccer career at Buena Vista University. Hammerski was a Lincoln East graduate, played in the midfield and defense for the Storm. He appeared in 16 games during the fall 2021 season. And by all accounts, he's going to have three years of eligibility remaining as he heads to Storm Lake, Iowa. Uh, Hammerski becomes the first Storm player to continue their career at the Division III level. The Storm finished 7-8-1 last year, while BVU finished 2-12-2. Torn Penner has committed to Williams Baptist University. Penner, a two-time all-region selection for the Storm, so one of the better players to have played there over the last their first two years. He appeared in 16 games, scoring four goals and tallying three assists. Williams Baptist University is an NAIA program loaded, located in Walnut Ridge, Arkansas, and they finished 9-6-2 last fall. Matus Goncalves has committed to Johnson University. Goncalves is a freshman this year with the Storm. He was, at least. He appeared in 11 games this past fall. He's originally from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Looks like Goncalves joins the Johnson University Suns with three years of eligibility. Again, I'm not 100% sure all the time what their eligibility looks like coming out of junior college. Johnson University is located in Kissimmee, Florida. The Suns compete in the NCCAA and finished 8-7-2 last season. Vasklav Baravica is headed to LSU Alexandria. LSUA are a NAIA program who compete in the Red River Athletics Conference. They finished 11-6-2, falling in the RRAC Championship game to University of Houston, Victoria. Baravica appeared in 15 games for the Storm as both a midfielder and a defender. He finished his time at the Storm with two goals and three assists. I believe he also heads to LSUA with three years of eligibility. On the women's side, Southeast Community College soccer welcomes in transfer McKenna Bailiff from Northeast Community College. Bailiff, originally from Ashland, Nebraska, transfers to Southeast Community College after appearing in 10 games for the Hawks of Northeast Community College. The NCC Hawks come off another national tournament season, um, while the Storm finished 5-10-2 and continue to build a stronger team every year. 
Back to Northeast Community College. Highly decorated attackers Naomi and Sarah Pedroza are heading home to Hastings College. Naomi Pedroza had an excellent career at NCC. She finished her career with 70 goals and 24 assists. She was an All-American Offensive MVP of the Region 9 Tournament, ICCAC Player of the Year, First Team All-Region and All-Region Tournament Team. Sarah Pedroza finished her career with 25 goals and 13 assists. Um, in her in her career at NCC, she was named Academic All-Region, and she was also First Team All-Region twice. Both big pieces of getting the Hawks back to back-to-back national tournaments. And I think they're really nice gets for Hastings College. Obviously, good to have Hastings players coming back to the college to play for their college program. Um, I know there may have been some players we missed, and if there were, make sure to message me so I can get that right in future podcasts and on Twitter. I'm recording this the evening after Union Omaha's historic U.S. Open Cup run comes to an end at the hands of MLS side Sporting Kansas City. Uh, you can tell us there there is disappointment in the result. Uh, obviously, no one likes to lose 6-0. Uh, the coaches, players, and fans all feel that. Um, but what Union Omaha is doing is really cool, and I just th- can't think that that can't be understated. And it's just this is just another chapter of the story. Uh, losing 6-0 will be the short-term story, but the long-term story is that Union Omaha is the is in their third season of existence. They've already won the USL League once. Um, they've been the first third division team since 2013 to reach the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open Cup. They were the first USL League One team to beat an MLS team, and then the only USL League team, USL League One team to do it twice. Um, what the ownership, management, coaching staff, front office, players, etc., have done um, over these last three years in creating a competitive and good professional soccer product for Omaha. In an ending pathway for some Omaha play, or for some Nebraska players like Yaskar Galvin, um, Eddie Gordon to move on and play professionally is really cool. Omaha is back for a home game over the 4th of July weekend versus the Charlotte Independents. Hopefully y'all can get out there. Um, the focus for the Owls must shift back to the league where they haven't had the successes yet from the last two seasons. However, the team in Bolt still has two-thirds of their regular season games left to play. So still a lot left to go. Um, and I expect Coach Mims and the players to lift themselves up from ninth place and into playoff contention. Upcoming home games in July for Union Omaha are July 1st versus Charlotte Independence, July 16th versus FC Tucson, and July 30th versus Chattanooga Red Wolves. Uh, make sure to get out and support the Owls. Tickets are available on their website at www.unionomaha.com. <music> Checking in on the two UWS teams in Omaha. As a reminder, the UWS is the United Women's Soccer League. It's a semi-pro, pro-am league. Omaha has two teams competing in the league this summer with players from Division I, Division II, Division III, NJCAA, and NAIA programs playing on both teams. Right now, with I believe one game left to play, Sporting Nebraska sits in second place, tied on points with first place teams FC Wichita and KC Courage. Gretna Elite Academy is in third place with 10 points, but they have one fewer game due to a cancellation by one of the winless Arkansas sides. Um, The two Omaha teams play each other on July 1st at 10 a.m. at Papillion Landing. So if you are not working that Friday or if you have a long weekend um, or if you're not in school, make sure you pop down to Papillion Landing uh, to check it out. Uh, You'll also be able to watch it on live stream, but that game's a big game um, because depending on what the league decides to do with that cancellation or rescheduling, 
Um, this game will have major, major ramifications on who comes out as champion of the UWS Heartland division, especially with um, uh, GEA owns wins over FC Wichita. So they would own that tiebreaker. Um, and uh, they did draw Casey Courage. So it's going to just depend on how all the results play out. But it's going to be interesting no matter what. That's all from this week's episode. I will leave you with a couple parting thoughts um, before we bring this episode and this season to a close. As a reminder, this week's episode and this entire podcast season was brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Owner Lori Bohr is very involved in the communities of Omaha and Lincoln. Visit their locations in either city, and their third location is now open in Omaha in the Exarvin Village. They're open seven days a week. Um, not a lot of small businesses can say that. Um, so you can also visit their website at www.fleetfeet.com slash S slash Lincoln for more information and to shop online. Congratulations to Gretna's Brett Perkins and Allison Marshall on their Gatorade Player of the Year awards, both underclassmen. So we're going to see them back in the green next year as their teams look to repeat their 2022 springs. Thank you to all who supported the causes and the athletes this past weekend via the Joe Fair Memorial Game and the Special Olympic Senior Showcases. The awareness and the money raised in the Joe Fair Memorial Game will go toward helping people right in our own communities. Um, I can't understate how important of a cause that is for our community and for me personally. Um, So I hope that we can continue to build support for that great cause and that great game because I know that the Fair family plans to do that every year. Uh, thank you to Debbie and Doug Fair for allowing me uh, a little part in assisting with the game and the promotion of it. Um, I hope to be more involved next year. Thank you to Jane Elam from the Special Olympics Nebraska for putting on the senior showcases and helping direct those. The MVPs of the senior showcases were Gretna's Joey Witt, Gretna's Savannah Defini, Bennington's Oliver Benson, and Scott's Brina Whitaker. So congratulations to those four players on their performances. None of those are surprising. All very quality players throughout their year. Um... And they had good, obviously, uh, senior showcase games. And I think I was three for four on my predicted results, so not bad. Brett Wagner from the Lincoln Journal Star reported that there were over that there was over fifteen thousand dollars raised for the Special Olympics, which is really awesome. Um, it's a really great organization, so glad that soccer was able to have a part in supporting it. Um, the podcast is going to take a little bit of a break. We're still going to be active on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And I'll be sending out some things to our Patreon and Venmo subscribers over the next month. Uh, The podcast will return in August with hopefully some content from Union Omaha, some college programs, and some club coverage. I do have some exciting interviews lined up that I'm probably going to do in July and just wait to air in August. Um, But, you know, I haven't made it a secret that I don't really know how to cover cover club or want to cover club. I do... Everyone knows if you listen to this podcast or know who I am, I do work for Gretna Elite Academy as a 2012 girls soccer coach. So I'm excited to work with young, young players again. Um, But we'll figure out some club coverage. I I know a lot of the people at all the different clubs because for my time as a college coach, and I'm hopeful that we can cover some good stories, some good players, maybe the state cup um, and the continued commitments, obviously of our young players who are going to college soccer programs. Uh, I know that Chase is, um, I don't think Chase is coaching club this year. Um, so he's going to be getting back involved in the, the podcast and Twitter and the website um, with club and college coverage, which is going to be nice because I just won't have time to do all that. 
And I'm hoping that we're going to continue to elevate the work that Jack is doing for us as well. I'm sure he wants to get involved. Um, Jack, Chase, and I are going to be sitting down and meeting pretty soon. Um, so, you know, uh, excited to see what direction we can take this. As always, if you enjoy this content and want to see this platform continue to grow and evolve and come back next year and come back the year after that, um, the year after that and the year after that, you got you got to support us. Please consider supporting us via Venmo or Patreon. Um, like I said, Chase, Jack, and I are meeting soon to discuss next steps. So if you'd like to be involved, um, if you'd like to be a part of Nebraska Soccer Talk or have ideas for us moving forward, you know, never hesitate to send us a message. Um, we're always open to adding more contributors. We're always open for more support. Um, thank you again for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. And this is the end of season four. I hope everyone has a great rest of your summer.